Welcome back to the What's Inside podcast. I am Dan Markham. I'm also the co-creator of the YouTube channel What's Inside that has over 7 million subscribers. And uh, this is our podcast where we see what's inside of the mind of some of the most interesting people that I know in my life. We've interviewed some of our employees, some of our family members. But whenever we get to travel to cool places and see cool things, which we get to do for our YouTube videos... We get to meet people that create amazing things and are part of a big project. And so I'd like to use this podcast as an opportunity to learn more about the design process, about how people create things, because obviously we destroy things. A lot of times in our videos, we take stuff apart, but we also do see how engineering and we see the STEM side of how things are made. And so um, today we are fortunate to be in Detroit, Michigan, near Detroit, Michigan at GMC's design lab where I just made a YouTube video. You may or may not have seen it yet, but it's the GMC electric Hummer SUV. So in the first half of this podcast, we're going to talk to Brian Melcheski, who is one of the lead designers of the electric Hummer SUV and the electric Hummer truck too. So correct. Yep. All right, Brian. So I've said a lot here. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about your role, what you do and what you've done to make this car come to reality. Sure, yeah. So, uh, as you mentioned, I'm one of the lead exterior designers on the Hummer GMC EV SUV. Quite a mouthful. <laughs> it is. I struggled making my yeah. own video. I was like yeah. saying all those words, yeah. Um, and, yeah, basically we had a very unique opportunity to uh, kind of design a vehicle where we, uh, we want it to be instantly recognizable as a Hummer, but, you know, kind of flip the whole idea of the, ga the gas-guzzling, you know, past and history of the brand and kind of reimagine it as a completely zero-emission electric vehicle which is a, a very interesting task, you know, so. How did it come to be that you guys are like, let's focus, let's have this be one of the first staples of electric cars? So as in any design process, we sketch numerous themes, right? We, we, we come up with uh, multiple scale models is usually where we start. We sketch, we create some scale models, and then we pick kind of the final theme, and then we blow that up actually full size into a full size clay model. And then from there, uh, we work directly hand in hand with engineering, uh, to come up with the, the final product that you see behind us. So. Okay. So, I mean, the car is the mm -hmm. car SUV is actually really cool. This is the first time I've seen it. I didn't come out for the electric Hummer when it was just like the Hummer pickup truck pickup because I yeah. had to go to the hospital with my appendix rupturing. So oh, kind of annoying, but at least I get to come and see this one. There's some design elements in there that I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Sometimes people yeah. see a vehicle and they don't realize like all the different elements that go into it. I saw something that ties into the moon. You've, the the headlights look interesting. Yeah, so we had a, we had a lot of fun with with some of the Easter eggs on the car. The whole program kind of had this uh, lunar theme to it. In fact, in the beginning, we joked around saying this whole program was a moonshot, right? Because <laughs> of the amount the amount of time we had to design and engineer it is basically a fourth of the time that we usually have to to, to design and engineer a vehicle. Oh, so wow. so from the get go, we were kind of joking around saying, "Wow, this is a moonshot," but. It actually all ties back into the original uh, rover, the, the lunar rover, because GM actually, I believe they helped engineer that. And so we thought, hey, this would be cool if we kind of tie this into this whole, you know, space exploration kind of theme. So you see around the vehicle, we, we have Easter eggs, like the, the map of the sea, and, sea of Tranquility. You'll see moon boots, little moon boots everywhere. Moon boots. Okay. Yeah, that's what that I missed little, that one. <laughs> yeah, no, that, it's actually in the speaker grill. Great. There's a little moon boot. And then, um, yeah, you'll find plenty of fun little Easter eggs all throughout the car. Okay. Yeah. So from your side of it, from design, how, you've been with GMC for basically 10 years, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. What are some of the things that maybe you've taken from the past and integrated into this car? Is there anything where you're like, okay, this is the heritage of 
the Hummer. Let's keep this aspect, but let's yeah. also get this one out of here. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, if you look at the, the vehicle, it's, it's instantly recognizable as a Hummer. It's big, it's bold, it's wide. Um, if you look at other design aspects, like for example, uh, the tail lamps, especially on the SUV, if you look at like the vertical graphics and how the, the corners are blacked out, mm -hmm. if you look at it like a Hummer H3 or Hummer H3T, it kind of has the same, you know, same kind of theme going on there. Okay. Um, obviously the full size spare pickup or the full size spare tire rather on the, the rear swing gate that also ties into the H3. Um, but other than that, I mean, we, we kind of com completely reimagined the vehicle, you know, uh, you know, speaking about the lights, very interesting, very intriguing part of the vehicle. Uh, we wanted to emphasize the width of the vehicle, so it's, it's kind of like this cross-car light bar. And then we've broken it up into eight, uh, eight slots, yeah, to, to kind of represent the, uh, the traditional. It's kind of an homage to the, the seven-slot uh, Hummer grill. From a technology standpoint, yeah. I noticed there's like 17 cameras on this. There's yeah. Yeah. cameras all over the place. It just seems like, I don't know, I can't even imagine the Hummers being this technologically advanced, which fits in with like the EV theme. Right, right. But um, overall, I mean, even the front headlights, it has the light bar across the front of it that yep. say Hummer EV. It's pretty cool. We did a video back in the day with um, with Nike and with Tinker Hatfield, and he's the guy that designed like all the oh, yeah. Air Jordans. Big fan. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. No, that's super cool. So yeah. my son was able to go and design his own Nike Air Max for the first ever Air Max day, and so we went to Paris and we saw this building that had this giant escalator. It's a museum, and that's where he took inspiration to actually say, "Hey, we're going to take the Nike Air. They already already had Nike Air, but they didn't have the air bubble on the outside." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you maybe know the story, but he almost got yeah. fired for basically saying we're go let's show this thing and everybody's like no 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 that's our secret sauce we can't show the bubble and then they ended up doing it and it made them t go from Reebok being the leaders to yeah. this yeah. and so there's a couple things on this one of them I thought from a design aspect this is actually a convertible which I don't know yeah, that's pretty wild right yeah, yeah like were you part of those discussions at all to say let's have this roof come off and be able to fit it in the front trunk because you can actually put it in the front trunk right yeah you can put all four targets in the front trunk I mean I wasn't a part of the very initial discussions from an engineering standpoint of you know what the big big kind of key aspects like that but um we were all for having an open air experience vehicle and we thought that was super cool you know we we we, we love the idea of being able to take you know the tops off lower the rear drop glass and have that kind of open air experience I mean that's that's so cool and by the way, you can store all four targets in the front and have full cargo capability in the rear, oh, which is really nice. cool. Yeah. Is it now? I noticed it's pretty rugged on the inside. Is it something where you could just like spray off with the hose to clean this thing off? I mean, is it that rugged where you're outside outdoors? And are you talking about the the front or the the just rear? Just the inside. Like, say you get your feet are muddy, you get back in, and then you go clean this thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if I'd recommend taking a hose to the whole interior. You know, I don't think we have any drain plugs or anything like that. But all right, um, so it's rugged. We have we have floor but... mats. We have rubber floor mats. It has a rubber floor. Yeah. Um. And uh, the, the floor is also uh, an intriguing fact about the floor is because it's a, an EV-based vehicle and we have a flat battery pack, you know, that allows for a lot of interesting storage compartments. And the flat floor is, is um, yeah, it's really unique. It's, it's, you know, something you don't normally get in an internal combustion vehicle. Okay, so let's, yeah. let's talk about this. So you release an electric vehicle. It's a big deal for GMC. GMC is a huge brand around the world, and it's mm -hmm. been here for years and years and years, obviously with the Humvee, the Hummer. What's it like that moment when you actually, first of all, show it to whoever bosses are the ones that are like approving the design on the exterior. Yeah. And then also then you go and show it to the world and you look at the reactions. Like, I don't know. Do you, did you watch Zach's YouTube video? Do you watch other YouTuber videos? I, I do. I actually, are? I did watch uh, your guys's video. The first, the first truck when it, when it uh, was revealed, I, I think it's cool. I think it's great to see the customer's reactions. You know, I haven't heard 
in many, if any, uh, negative comments about the vehicle. It seems like everyone loves it. You know, all my friends and family, you know, they're always very complimentary. No, I think the team did an amazing job, especially with the, the task and the time given. Yeah. I think, I think we did a great job. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm really proud of the whole team. Yep. So what do you see for the future of GMC and electric, the electric space? Was there any pushback on that side where it's like, people are like, Oh no, why are you going electric with this car? No, I think, I think from the get go, the idea of an electric Hummer was genius. And I think that came down all the way from the top. Um, yeah, I thought that was an amazing way to bring back the brand. And I think for, you know, just to, for the future of GM in general, not just GMC, but GM, I think we're all, we're all going towards electric, you know, every brand is. So, uh, that's yeah, good. I think that's the future, you know, if, if it should be the future of any car brand, right? Yeah. About zero emissions. Four years electric. ago, yeah. we had, I mean, we've, we've had an electric car. We got a Tesla like back in like 2016, I think it was a used one and we made a video on it. It did really well on our channel. And I was like, oh, people are interested in this electric car thing. We did four or five videos. They all did really, really well. And it was just like showing our life. What was interesting is it wasn't this brand, but it was another major manufacturer reached out to us about doing like a sponsored brand deal where they, they like pay you a good amount of money, like, especially with my old job, like it was like half of my salary for the year to feature their new car that was coming out. And I was like, this would be a really good deal. Like I could go and film this and, and get good money. Plus it looks like an interesting car. But they said the one stipulation was I had to delete all of my Tesla videos because they didn't want that brand and they didn't want electric cars on there. And wow. I had to make this decision in like 2017 before a lot of the major manufacturers are like, Hey, we're going to go and make electric vehicles. I had to make this decision. Do I want to delete the electric stuff and just focus on like gas cars and go where the money is, or do I do what I'm passionate about? And so now fast forward 2021 and I'm pumped. And again, like I said, that wasn't GM. It wasn't GMC brand at all or Chevy or anything, but, um, like big oil is behind that one, <laughs> <laughs> right? It was such a strange request. And, and so now here we are in 2021 and I love that a lot of companies are getting on board and are having cars that are electric. So, I mean, there's a lot of different cars you could do. It's that definitely is a statement to say, let's get the Hummer. Let's get something that's iconic and turn it into electric car. Um, so the range on this, did you think about anything from the design elements as far as having this be more aerodynamic or different, different considerations for this is an electric car range is really important for people. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Range obviously is extremely important and, and aerodynamics is very important. So there's always this fine balance between what design wants and what aerodynamic needs to, mm -hmm. to, you know, pull off the range that we, we wanted. So yeah. And, and I mean, think about a Hummer, right? It's, it's basically like a brick, right? Right. So we, we, we definitely spent a lot of time in the wind tunnel trying to get this thing massaged every little corner, every little, you know, f down to the fillet, down to a radius on a surface to, to, to try to meet our target expectations for aero. That's good. And we yeah. did. And, and as far as I know, we're, we're, we're dead on. So yeah, that's great. Cause that, I think with a gas car, it doesn't matter as much. Like we, Zach, my friend Zach from Jerry Rig Everything and I, we went and did a video with the G-Class Mercedes or G-Wagon when it came out and they're like, this is the new wagon. And I looked at it and it was pretty similar to the old yeah. style. And when we were driving, um, we drove it from like Southern France to Spain and the wind resistance was, you could hear it. You could hear the wind off of everything, but they really wanted to keep that design element. Like it's a boxy car. This is what it looks like. Um, I like that it does look like the Hummer SUV is more aerodynamic than the old school Hummer for sure. Which, for sure. Cause yeah. with electric cars, range anxiety is, is a real thing. And the range on the truck, if I understand right, is like 
350 miles and then on the SUV it's 300 miles so it's a little Correct, bit less yeah. it doesn't have just because of the battery pack so because of the shorter wheelbase we have a shorter battery which means a yeah. little bit less range but you also get more capability because of the shorter wheelbase so yeah I think that's a trade-off I would I'd be willing to take you know for sure no 300 miles is plenty my, and, my, and speaking yeah. of by the way the, yeah. the whole aerodynamic thing on the highway uh, having the pneumatic suspension the air suspension we actually do have an aero mode where the car lowers to get better gas mileage when you're on the highway. Okay. So yeah. I heard so, you guys were saying something like there's like 500 different settings or, or no, 500 times a second and it can adjust some insane yeah. thing for yeah. the suspension. Yeah. yeah so the suspension's very trick. It's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. My wife, her car, her electric car has a, it, every day it has 220 miles and she really does have to charge it every day just from taking the kids to school. So yeah, wow. 300 300, 350, that's definitely the way to go. So I'm glad that you guys didn't stick with like, let's make it a complete box going down the street. So, all right, so this car, when is the SUV coming out? When is the truck coming out? When can people see it? So I think the truck, the truck will be available this fall, I believe. Um, and then the SUV will be uh, a year after that, I believe. We had such an amazing design team that we were able to literally design every aspect of this vehicle. So every little detail, every little part, it's, it's been designed with thought. So I hope that when the customer gets the car and starts you know, living with it, walking around it, getting underneath it, they're gonna find all kinds of cool things that, are, that have been designed and thought out and, and fun Easter eggs too that I won't get into now, but I want the customers to find it. <laughs> okay, so when, you're, when you are actually ordering this, what type of options? Are there different things like accessories that you can get or different options that you can have when you're ordering this? Or is it pretty much like, this is it. You get this color interior, this color exterior. No, plenty, plenty of options. I believe there's eight colors, if I remember correctly. And when the SUV drops, there'll, I think there's around 200 accessories. So everything from light bars to roof racks to mud flaps to different colored tow hooks. I mean, we, we have kind of thrown the whole book at it. You different know. colored tow hooks. Yes. Yeah. Like how tech, so tech bronze, like the, the, the color you see on that beadlock on the wheel behind us. Okay. For those, kind of yeah. a... It's a, like a satin metallic finish. You'll see it throughout the vehicle. It's in the interior. Mm -hmm. So we thought it was cool to, to do it on the exterior as well. And you'll be able to get a, a tech bronze tow hook. Okay. Which that's, is cool. That's yeah. really cool. All right. I like having the options. Mud mm -hmm. flaps. Are they, there's like different types of mud flaps. Yep. What about like, uh, I'm thinking like off-roading. One thing I think of is a winch. I would imagine that's not an option on the front. <laughs> yeah. No, the, the front, there's tons of technology you know, packed in this car. And one of them is the super cruise capabilities. So there is some radars up front that kind of prevented us from doing a, a huge, yeah. uh, you know, winch up front, but we did consider it for a very long time. I mean, there's so much torque in this thing that good luck getting stuck. I mean, it's yeah. pretty strong already with like the tri motors or dual motors that it has. Mm -hmm. And so light bar, what about lights? Can you so get yeah, a light we got bar? A, we got a thing? light bar. It'll be, it'll be a uh, roof mounted right above the, the, uh, the mark, the three marker lamps there on the header. We call it the head of the vehicle. Um, so that's cool. You know, that again, all designed from the stanchions to the light bar, you know, that was all thought out and designed by a designer. And yeah. so you can take off the roof. It's a convertible. Is there a way to put some sort of rack on there? If you want to have like mountain bikes on top or a surfboard, put it on. Yeah. Top. So we do have roof racks that will be available. And, um, I'm not hundred percent certain if you can take off the target with the roof racks on it, but I'm, I'm, I thought we designed it so you could. So, but there, I know for sure there are roof racks and there'll, there'll be plenty of accessories to put you know, anything from a bike to a surfboard on top, yeah, kayak, okay. whatever. So we're here in the lab. For those of you that are listening, you can't see what's going on, but like on video, if you look at our YouTube video and you see this, 
we've got the full-on like chassis you can see inside of where the battery packs or the battery cells are and then and this is actually for the truck not for the SUV. Correct, yep. it's like the sled of the car i guess and then you see behind us is the actual suv like we're in this design lab in a way that's like showroom and our friend zach is back there filming a video for his youtube channel so i don't know it's kind of a cool setup in here but um that's the exterior of the car it's pretty cool to be able to talk to one of the chief designers that put this together in a quarter of the time and they usually design other other vehicles and but the other question that you might have is like what does the inside of this car look like i still have not gone to the battery lab and seen the inside. So in our YouTube video, we probably featured it, but the next step is we're going to go and talk to the designers of the battery cell technology and see the inside of it. But thanks for sharing all your insights on the design. No problem. Thank good, you. Yeah. Good job. This thing looks sweet. Thanks. So we're going to continue in this podcast um, after the short break, and we will talk to a designer of the battery cell technology and everything on the inside. All right, welcome back. We are now in the Ultium Battery Lab. This is a different part of GM, GMC. It's, we're like 30 minutes away from where we were earlier, where we were kind of like that showroom. But this is pretty cool. This is like something out of a Marvel movie. This is where they do a lot of the research and development for all of the battery technology. And now I'm here with Andy Ori. Ori? Ori, close Owry. enough. He's like, Ori. And uh, he is one of the chief battery technology engineers here. You got it. Electrical battery engineer. engineer. Okay. So you've been, how long have you been working here at GM? Yeah, I started working at General Motors in 1999. I came here right out of college. And um, for the, I bounced around to a handful of different jobs at the very start, but then I landed in chassis engineering for a while. So chassis engineering, uh, that's designing all the parts that hold the wheels and tires onto the car. And um, I had a whole lot of fun there. I learned a lot about um, how to work at a car company. And one of the best experiences I had was um, doing the tweaking and tuning on the rear suspension for our uh, Cadillac, our V-Series Cadillac CTS, so you could do really smooth, smoky burnouts. I like smooth, silky yes, burnouts. Yes, there you go. <laughs> that's, man, that's fun. Like, I, I always see people do burnouts. It's usually in big trucks. Yeah, well, like, and with the independent rear suspension, the tires want to bounce up and down. It can be really violent, so you got to do a whole lot of special tricks to make sure that it's nice and smooth. Okay, so we were talking about, we were talking about this earlier. Mm -hmm. um, you came over about 10 years ago to the EV side of things, and it's 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 a nice reason to come over like you yeah. wanted to make a difference in the world it's cool to make cool burnouts and i Absolutely. love that it makes a difference to a lot of people i had an epiphany i needed to <laughs> i was like i need to do something to make the planet a better place and it's not just about smoky burnouts however fun they are um and that's when i decided that my career needed to um steer towards electrification and this was right at the time when we were developing the first generation uh chevrolet volt and I looked at that and I said, okay, that's something I can really get behind and I wanna be part of that and I wanna be part of all the stuff that comes after that. Okay, so now we're here. I just went and saw the beautiful Hummer SUV earlier today. It's pretty cool. Like this is, this is a statement car. It's one, it's funny because I get to see a lot of electric cars with my YouTube channel. We get to travel around and I don't get a lot of questions from people that like my neighbors and my friends that I'm hanging out with, but I wasn't able to come to this launch because my appendix like was basically needed to come out the day that I was flying out here last time. And I've never had more people say, other than I guess the Tesla Cybertruck, that one was so wacky that people are just like, whoa, tell me about that. What do you think about it? But so many people are like, did you see that Hummer? It looks really cool. And it, it made a statement. And I feel like it's a lot of people don't think of GM and like the old legacy manufacturers as people that have been in the EV space for a while. Yeah. But like you said, you've been in this for 10 years. 
what was your thoughts when they launched the Hummer and they're like, this is the yeah. one that we're going with. Right I mean, now. I was, I was super excited. I was thrilled. And, um, we had been working on the Altium battery system for a couple of years, uh, for a variety of different vehicles before we heard about, um, the interest in doing this electric super truck. And I remember my, uh, I was actually on vacation and my boss called me and said, Hey, you know that, how we've been talking about how this battery would work really great in a truck. He's like, they're doing it. And he's like, you got to get back here. So, you know, I got back uh, to the office and I'll tell you that team, uh, the GMC Hummer EV team is operating at light speed and uh, they have engineered a new from the ground up super truck in record time. And that thing is going to be awesome. Yeah. Brian was telling us earlier in the podcast that they, he had a quarter of the time to come up with the exterior design of this and what he usually has when he develops cars. Yep. Um, okay. One, one question around the battery pack. So you were making this for other, other types of electric cars mm -hmm. potentially. And then is there any type of structural st stability to having the battery packs in there? Cause I know that some, oh, some manufacturers are talking about how, Hey, we're going to make the battery cells, not just be in the bottom of the car, but it's, yep. it's going to actually make the car stronger. Oh, so there, there's multiple steps along the way in terms of, um, having, uh, the, the battery contribute to the vehicle structure or the modules or the cells and everybody's marching towards getting to a lower and lower level of structural integration and a, a tighter and tighter level of structural integration. We're really excited about the um, integration of the body structure and the pack structure on the GMC Hummer EV. There's uh, I like to say it has really good bones, just front bumper to rear bumper. You've got basically an upper plane and a lower plane that are almost uninterrupted of super high strength steel and aluminum bits from end to end. And, uh, you know, really makes a nice, nice, strong, strong truck. Yeah. I saw that in the other one, they were showing that when we were looking at the actual car, they said that there's cameras underneath. So if you're rock mm -hmm. crawling, not only are there cameras, but they are like self-cleaning cameras. Yeah. So you can like push a button, I guess, and it sprays and cleans the camera. Well, and, and so that's one of the things that's really exciting about the uh, GMC Hummer EV team is they've got a lot of people who are passionate about performance and off-roading and they're just brainstorming every cool thing that we can do with our toolkit. And then they're, they've been unleashed to go do it all. And, uh, and they're going to make it happen. So you've got a, you're making these batteries and it's, it's in joint, joint venture basically mm -hmm. with LG, LG yep. chem. Yes. Right. And so tell me the process. Like, how does it go from here's our research and development, but now you're ready. Like, yeah. how does it go from start well, to actually being in a car? So, um, first of all, we've had a, a decade long, uh, actually more than a decade long relationship with LG, uh, making battery cells and taking those cells and making them into packs. So we know, uh, the technology, we know the people there and we're, uh, whenever we're working on one, when we're working on the gen one volt, we're looking ahead to gen two, when we're working on gen two volt. We're looking ahead to bolt and same thing. So going back, uh, years, years ago, um, as we were launching the bolt EV, we were in, uh, conference rooms talking to LG about what's the next thing to do for Altium. And what we focused on was making sure that the module, the pack just got out of the way of the cell, so to speak, so that the cell could be all it could be. We, we were ready to bend over backwards to make sure that that cell, that we could pull every lever and twist every knob to make the cell, um, uh, get the most energy at the lowest cost for our customers. So you, do you feel like you have a single, a, a thing in there where you're like, has your fingerprint on it where you're like, this is something I'm really proud of that I'm sure the whole thing, but is there one little development that sure. you're just like, I helped a lot with that? <laughs> well, 
Yeah, so there's one area where I played a big role in making two teams come together, which was critical to get the technology we want. So we've talked a lot about our wireless battery management system. I was gonna ask you about the wireless. Yeah. I like that you're well, going here for this. I didn't engineer the, the wireless system myself, but I did make sure that uh, those are the battery module and the battery electronics were engineered by different teams. I know this might sound silly, but sometimes you gotta work hard to get people to work together. And yeah. um, the parts were, uh, going to have a connection, a mechanical connection between them, uh, which can be a source of poor reliability. And uh, I got the teams together. I made sure we all recognized we had the same goal and that we were going to permanently connect this, these battery electronics to the battery module in order to make it more reliable, smaller, lower co cost, and better for the customer. So explain this for somebody that has no idea about battery technology. Like I, I think, feel like sure. I get it pretty well because I've been here for like four or five hours now today. But um, what is the difference between this whole wireless versus not wireless? Sure. So um, inside all electric vehicles uh, with lithium-ion battery packs, you need to measure the voltage of every single group of cells. So that's you know hundreds of voltage measurements that you're taking throughout the pack, and you have to do that uh, for the safety of uh, safe operation of the pack, and you have to do it for maximizing energy and longevity. So we uh, we measure um, the cell voltages and we balance them. So if there's a cell that's too high, we actually bleed off a little bit of energy from that cell group. Then we can charge the rest of the pack all the way up to match. So it's actually more efficient that way. So this sort of electronics is in all battery packs, but it has to communicate with a main battery controller. And usually you've got um, meters and meters of wires inside the battery taking these voltages to a main controller. Well, we've gotten rid of all of those uh, long wires and wire harnesses and replaced it with a wireless communication system. Um, so it saves cost, saves mass, it's physically smaller, and it gives us multiple redundant pathways for the wireless signal to communicate with the main controller. We've taken apart a battery pack for a Tesla Model S, and it did have some wires in it, but we didn't see the full mm -hmm. brains inside of the Tesla Roadster we've actually seen inside of that. And there's like the PEM, they call it, the, the electronics module, big old electronics module, and then the battery pack, and those two talk to each other. So there's quite a bit of that that you're getting rid of in a way, just yes. by getting rid of tons of cables. Yeah, and, and there's always going to be some um, low power electronics and high power electronics inside a battery pack. But the, in this case, we've gotten rid of all of the ones that extend out to the battery modules themselves and the ones that we would have to scale uniquely for different size battery packs. So yeah. um, we don't have to have a different wire harness for a pack that has 10 modules compared to a pack that has 24 modules. There is no wire harness. Yeah. So one thing that we did, if you haven't watched the YouTube video of my tour here, one of the things I featured was a thing called a shaker. There's a, there's a shaker room and there's a few shaker rooms. And it makes sense if you're somebody that um, is wondering like, how do they test these batteries before they get on the road and make sure that they're safe? Well, they take these and they can test them in extreme temperatures. So they can simulate being in Death Valley in the middle of summer or being in Antarctica in the middle of winter, and then also have these shakers shake the battery pack while it's at the different temperatures and everything. So it was really fascinating to me. I had an experience with an electric car where I was driving my Tesla Model X. I took it to Death Valley and I wanted to make a video where I was golfing. I wanted to play 18 holes of golf in the hottest temperatures on earth. So it was 131 degrees that day. They actually closed the course at 11. That's the last tee time they let me out. Mm -hmm. And I did it. I completed it. I drank so much water, but I lost like six pounds during the round. <laughs> and I, I felt faint for some of it. Like I was moved. My heart was beating so fast. Yep. I can see why it's dangerous. But while we were waiting at the national park sign to like watch the thing go up to 131 miles an hour, or 131 degrees Fahrenheit, 
Um, we had to just sit there and the air conditioning was running in the car. We had enough energy to get out of there. Yep. But then it kept, we were there for about an hour and it drained so much of the battery. And were, were you able to plug in while you were there? Not okay. while we were at that spot. While we were golfing, yes. But while we were waiting in front of this national park thing, we couldn't. So instead of being able to go all the way back to Vegas, we had to reroute north and go to this little town called Beatty. I think it was called Beatty. And as we're going there, like Death Valley is below sea level. It's yep. like 30 feet below zero or something and then below sea level. And then we climb up this hill. And as we were climbing, it was interesting because it was showing on the system that it was maxing out how fast I could go. Yeah. And so I think that's probably like when I think of what you were saying about the electronics module being wireless and communicating to the car, like yes. I was gunning it, full on gunning it. And I couldn't go faster than 60 up this hill. And it was like the car was protecting the batteries because it yep. was so incredibly hot. But it's all these cables that are running to every single yes. battery and, pack. and it's the cells themselves because the cells don't want to get that hot. Um, the hotter the cells get, the quicker their life degrades. So uh, auto manufacturers will calibrate the vehicle to make sure it protects the cells so, um, so that you have a car that lasts a long time. So I think the calculation there was... Um, you know, pull back a little bit of the power that you wanted in order to make sure your vehicle lasted longer. Yeah. But um, we do all kinds of hot weather testing and cold weather testing. We take our vehicles to Death Valley and um, put them through all those paces. And that is a really brutal climate. And even uh, gas and diesel vehicles are going to struggle oh, yeah. uh, to maintain power in those kinds of uh, environments. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Man, I was a little worried. I'm like, this is a good YouTube video, but... I might just brick my car <laughs> with the, this. The, the good news is just about any place you can take your vehicle, you can rest assured that we've been to a place, uh, we've been there or someplace more harsh with our vehicles before you go. Right now, you've got these Ultium battery cells. You can move all of them in and out. You, I saw with the SUV, you're actually just taking out four of the modules yes. so that you can make room. So I would imagine you have other plans for other cars where you're going to say, all right, we're going to put 18 in this car or 16 in this car and start, start building the fleet of GM electric yeah, vehicles. Yeah, we, right? we love the flexibility that we have here. Depending on the, si the physical size of the vehicle and the efficiency of the vehicle and the range that the customer wants to purchase, we can build vehicles with as few as six modules and as many as 24, and we can hit most of the points in between. And we're, you know, we're using that uh, to our advantage across the portfolio. It also makes us able to respond to the market as well. When, when we get to the market, if we find, you know what, customers really would like two more or two less modules, you know, we're ready to offer that very quickly. So one of the things on our channel, like we destroy things a lot and we see what's inside of things and it's fun, but it's also educational. What have you, what, can, what have you done? That's been one of the most, more fun destruction of a, like a battery cell or something. Have you done anything where you're like, that was gave us data, but that was also really fun. You, at trial and error is a, is definitely a big part of learning. Um, <laughs> we've just built a new uh, battery abuse chamber here, where a lot of the work that we used battery to have battery abuse chamber does it is it called that? On well, there? actually, we call it the like high bay name. battery abuse room. Yeah, and it's it's large cool. enough that we can afford to uh, force battery packs into all kinds of um, damaging situations, whether it's crush or fire, and we can handle whatever the outcome would be. Uh, so we're really excited to have that capability in-house here, you know, right next to our engineering and facilities offices. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you one thing uh, that I really had to find out what was inside uh, years ago. I had um, a battery pack that had a problem before launch, and um, the batteries are connected and disconnected from the main high-voltage circuit in the vehicle with a couple of relays. Mm -hmm. A relay is just an electrically actuated switch. We had this problem where the relay was it was sticking closed intermittently. And that never happens. They either, they're usually welded shut or they're 
uh, stuck open or they're operating normally. And we could not figure out what was going on for a, a long time. Uh, and it was happening out there for um, our test vehicles. We went out and we drove around the city and we finally got it to reproduce itself and we figured out what drive cycle made it happen. Then we reproduced that drive cycle here in the lab. And then even when we had that happening right there in front of us, we still couldn't figure out what was going on because it's inside this little molded box about the size of your fist. Well, it turns out we've got a CAT scanner here in the building. Hmm. So we put one of these components in the CAT scanner, simulated the drive cycle, and we took X-ray video of what was going on inside. Uh, turns out there was a tiny little rubber grommet that was uh, swelling and, and holding it uh, stuck on the inside. Oh. But we never would have seen what was inside without the capabilities that we've got here. And, and that was a really fun project to work on. Sounds like a month's worth of work right it, there. We worked about 45 days straight, nights and weekends, uh, had oh a whole crew gosh. ramped up on it. Oh my yeah. I had to throw a pizza party for everyone when it was done to say thanks. <laughs> the rubber gasket. Yeah. We did it. We found yep. the problem. So we did a, we, I was talking to somebody um, pretty high up in marketing at Apple one time, and we we're talking about potentially doing some partnerships because they were thinking about this guy's new role is to like go out and work with YouTubers because they'd never had, they're mm -hmm. always like, we're Apple, our products are good. We don't ever have to do anything with you. Well, they were really close to doing something with us. And then they went and watched one of my old videos where I took a Dremel and cut, a, I think it was a <laughs> Samsung Galaxy S7 or something. And it cut the lithium ion battery and it, start, and it punctured yeah. and started going. And, and the guy told me, it was, he was like, hey, just so you know, and this was like at a dinner event in LA one night. And he's like, just so you know, like those batteries can be dangerous if you Absolutely. puncture them the wrong way. Like you're, you're taking a Dremel to that. We've had instances where we take a nail to a battery and it could shoot a flame that's six feet up in the air. <laughs> right. So what, when, you, when we started our lab tour earlier, earlier today, I mentioned to you that there's two things in the lab that are invisible and can kill you, mm -hmm. and that's electricity and the coronavirus. And so absolutely, um, th that's one of, I mean, it's a very enjoyable part of working on electric vehicles and batteries is uh, doing all of the extraordinarily clever work that it takes to take something that could be unsafe and could be hazardous if it's designed the wrong way, and then doing all of the designing and engineering and testing to show that you've made a remarkably safe and reliable product. But yeah, we do not recommend um, running nails or knives or scissors or anything like that <laughs> through uh, lithium ion batteries at home. Yeah, I did at home shoot an arrow with a metal yes. tip into it. It didn't do anything. I threw it off my roof, didn't really do much. It was a little disappointing for the video, but in hindsight, I'm like glad that didn't explode all over and yes. burn our house down. So the, the great thing stars. about electric cars that I've seen, and I think it's important for people to know that are never driven an electric car is there are so many things protecting the yes. battery pack, like the, the metal, the steel, all the way around it on the yep. inside with the way it's protected that it even in like a pretty heavy accident, it's still usually Absolutely. intact. And with an electric car, since you don't have the regular motor in the front of it, you have the crumple zone. So Right. And and every one of our electric vehicles is crash tested, just like our non-electric vehicles. I was out at our proving grounds uh, just two weeks ago, looking at one of the first uh, GMC Hummer EVs that went through a crash test. And uh, um, it did great. And I mean, that vehicle is so stout. You know, we were joking um, uh, that we were happy that the test facility survived uh, the impact because uh, <laughs> the vehicle's that stout. Well, this has been fun. I hope that you guys have enjoyed hearing kind of behind the scenes and going a little bit more in depth in what it takes to manufacture an electric car in 2021. I think from the design on the exterior, and now I've seen the interior, the, it's, a, it's a really good car. The, the Hummer SUV, it is a little tricky when I'm like Hummer SUV EV 
kind of yes, the naming. Sometimes I, I've got a little trouble with it. But other than that, it's a really beautiful car that I'm excited to see it on the road. I think it's going to add just to the aesthetic of the road. Seems like a really safe car. And so, yeah, thank you, Andrew, for taking time to explain the battery side of it. And no uh, yeah, thank, it thanks for your interest and thanks for helping explain all this cool stuff to all of your subscribers. Oh, yeah, of course. And if any of you have not seen the YouTube video yet, we'll link it below of my actual tour, the video side of it. Um, or if you're listening to the podcast right now, you can go and check that out on YouTube and see kind of what it looks like inside of this giant battery lab facility and the actual new car. So thank you to GM for letting me come out here and film this podcast and also film the video. And uh, we'll see you in the next podcast.